Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of Exodus, chapter 12. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. It's been over 400 years. The children of Israel have been in Egypt as slaves. If you've been with us on Wednesday night, you know that. The children of Israel, they've been in Egypt as slaves. And uh, you know the story. You've been with us. They cried unto the Lord, and the Lord sent them a deliverer. And his name is who, saints? Moses. You know that. You've seen the movie, Prince of Egypt. Deep theology in that movie. You ought to rent it. Very good. And... Uh, Moses, he went to the Pharaoh and he said, Pharaoh, God said, let my people go that they might come and serve me in the wilderness. Pharaoh refused to let the people go and the plagues begin. Plague number one, water turns to blood. Number two, frogs. Number three, lice. Number four, flies. Number five, diseased livestock or animals. Number six, boils. Plague number seven, Hail, plague number eight, locusts. And then last week we talked about the ninth plague was darkness. All of these plagues came on Egypt and they were aimed at showing the Egyptians that God is more powerful than their gods. Well, tonight, listen, we come to the last and might I add most severe of all the plagues here in chapter 12 It's the tenth and the final plague, the death of the firstborn. We'll also look at the institution of the Passover. Now listen to me closely before we get going. Chapter 12 of the book of Exodus is one of the most important chapters in this entire book. And perhaps one of the most important chapters in the Old Testament. Perhaps. We're talking about the Passover. And the reason why I say that, because this chapter is very, very important for you to understand. And unless you understand, it's this important, unless you understand the institution of the Passover, you will have a problem understanding the New Testament as a whole. And you'll have a problem understanding the work of Jesus Christ on the cross over and over and over in the New Testament. Listen close. Over and over in the New Testament, Jesus is referred to as the Lamb. If you know that, say amen. Amen. Of course you know that. You remember when Jesus was coming down to the river and John the Baptist saw him and he said what? Behold the what? Lamb of God. Jesus is known as the Lamb. Paul In 1 Corinthians chapter 5, he says this, Even Christ, our Passover, was sacrificed for us. 1 Peter 
Chapter 1, verse 18 and 19 reads this. Knowing that you are not redeemed with corruptible things like silver or gold from your aimless conduct received by traditions from your father, but with what, saints? The precious blood of Christ as what? A lamb without blemish and without spot. That's just three. In the book of Revelation alone, get this. More than 27 times in the book of Revelation, Jesus is spoken of as the lamb. He is the lamb of God. With that said, tonight, after all the plagues and Pharaoh continues to harden his heart, God tonight in chapter 12 is going to deal Pharaoh a knockout blow. Don't you remember when Moses went to Pharaoh and he said, who is this God that I should obey him? Remember that? Well, tonight he's going to find out. Look at chapter 12, beginning in verse one. Saints, if you're with me, say amen. Now, the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, saying this month shall be your beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year to you. Speak to all the children of Israel, saying, On the tenth of this month, every man shall take for himself what? A lamb, according to the house of his father, a lamb for a household. And if the household is too small for the lamb, let him and his neighbor next to his house take it according to the number of the persons, according to each man's need, you shall make your count for the lamb. Your lamb, in verse 5, shall be without blemish, a male of the first year, you may take it from the sheep or from the goats. Now stop right there. Give me your attention. After completing all the plagues, God says, here is the last and the final judgment. It's the death of the firstborn. Chapter four, verse 22, you can look that up in your own time. Chapter four, verse 22 tells us we learn From the first interview that Moses had with Pharaoh, God told him that if he didn't let the people go, God said, I'm going to kill the firstborn. You remember that. And so the first nine plagues were proof that God had the power to do what he promised to do. When God told Pharaoh that I'm going to kill the firstborn, that was no threat. You know, we sang a song tonight about the promises of God. I love the promises of God. We all love the promises of God. We've got them in little boxes, little gift boxes people give us in the promises of God. I saw one of them, and it had little cards in it, and you open up the box, and it played the music, standing on the promises. And I thought, that's cheesy. I I shouldn't be telling you what I'm thinking. Okay. We love the promises of God, but listen, God's promise to Pharaoh was, Pharaoh, if you don't let my children go, Israel, my son, go, I'm going to kill your firstborn. That was not, that that wasn't a threat. That was a promise from God. So God says, what I'm going to do is so radical. Now listen close. What I'm going to do is so radical, so dramatic, so important that I'm going to rearrange the calendar. That's what we get from verse one through five. 
I'm going to rearrange the calendar. You see, when the people left Egypt, they were to leave Egypt behind and all of its culture. But not only leave the culture behind, but they were also to leave the calendar behind. They were to begin a new calendar, and the new calendar year centered on the Passover lamb. And you got to understand that. Now, nothing new. I mean, think about it like this. Isn't it interesting, even on our calendar, listen, the birth of Jesus Christ on our calendar changed from B.C. to A.D., with the birth of Christ. B.C. means before Christ. A.D. means Anno Domini, which means what? In the year of our Lord. So it was with the birth of the Passover lamb that our calendar changed. Now, it's very interesting because in the last two decades, there are there's a movement in the academic community to move away from using A.D. and B.C., A.D., B.C. There's a movement. Perhaps you've heard of it. And now they're trying to go to C.E. Have anybody know what I'm talking about? OK, good. Now, now they're trying to go to C.E. or B.C.E. C.E. means common era. B.C.E. means before common era. And I've recently learned this, that in some colleges in our country, did you know, if the student uses A.D. or B.C. in their papers, they will be marked off for that? Why? Because it's a reference to Christ and the world knows it and the world wants nothing to do with Christ. How sad is that? Daniel chapter 7, verse 25, tells us, get this, and I'm not going to dig too much into it. If you're more interested, order the CD from Daniel 7. Daniel 7 tells us that the Antichrist, when he comes on the scene, get this, he's going to change the dating system. He's going to change the law and the calendar. So here God says the children of Israel were to begin a new calendar. And they were to begin this new calendar not by singing Old Lang Syme. Amen. They were to begin this new calendar by singing the song about the deliverance of God from the bondage of Egypt through the blood of the Lamb. So God says on the 10th day of Nisan in our text, look at it again, the first month they are to take a young male lamb, which is a reference to who, saints? Jesus Christ. Oh, you know, Jesus was a young male lamb. And they were to take that one lamb per household. If the house was too few, they were to find another family to go together. And on the 10th, they were to select the lamb. On the 10th of that month, they were to select the lamb. It was to be without spot or blemish. The Bible says that Jesus was without spot or blemish. In other words, Jesus was perfect. You know, we hear this all the time. There's no perfect people. That's true. But, but there was a perfect one. His name was Jesus. He was perfect. Man, think about this. Even his enemies said he was perfect. Now, you know, if you can get your enemies to say something good about you, it must be true. 
Even his enemies said he was perfect. You know, Pilate said, I find no fault in him. Judas said, I have betrayed innocent blood. The thief on the cross said, this man has done no wrong. The Roman soldiers at the cross said, this was the son of God. He was spotless. He was without blemish. He was perfect. And so in our text, the family was to keep the lamb. Did you notice that? From the 10th to the 14th day of Nisan. Now you want to get the scene here because each day for four days, a family, first of all, on the 10th was to go out and select the lamb. They were to bring this lamb into their home. Each day for four days, the kids are getting to know this lamb. The kids are playing with the lamb, hand feeding the lamb, sleeping with the lamb, having fun with the lamb, inspecting the lamb. And the idea was that the lamb was to become a part of the family. The lamb was to become, you know, part of the family and they were to get attached to this lamb for four days. Then on the 14th day, God says, I want you to slaughter the lamb. Now, how difficult is that? After you know the lamb, you've spent time with the lamb, you've cared for the lamb, and now you have to slaughter the lamb. Notice on the 10th of the month of Nisan, they were to inspect the lamb. Four days later, on the 14th day of Nisan, they were to slaughter the lamb. Now listen, Bible students. You can call out in class now. Who knows what happened on the 10th day of Nisan? No one. Jesus, did I hear? Exactly. And I heard it from over here, too. Listen, on the 10th day, this is fascinating, fascinating. On the 10th day of Nisan, that was Palm Sunday. Were you guys listening? We just talked about this two weeks ago. On Palm Sunday, the 10th day of Nisan, the Bible says that Jesus came riding into Jerusalem and for four days, get this, he was in the temple being tested, probed, questioned, inspected by the Pharisees and the Sadducees. And then on the 14th day of Nisan, four days later, he was slaughtered on the cross for the sins of the world. Don't you see? That's why I told you earlier, if you don't understand this chapter, you will mess up the New Testament. You're going to miss it. Because they're linked together. They go together on the 10th day and the 14th day. Now, I want you to see something. Here's a little gem for you that perhaps you've never seen. Look at verse 3. I want you to look at this here because these little gems buried right in here in verse 3. Look at verse 3. I'm going to ask you a question. First of all, who is Jesus to you? Who is Jesus to you? Look at verse three. You want to see that in verse three, it says on the 10th day of, of this month, every man shall take for himself a lamb. You see that? And then notice in verse four, according to his household for the lamb. And then notice in verse five, it says, take your lamb. You see that? A lamb, the lamb, and your lamb. Now, I point that out. Give me your attention. I point that out to you because some people say that Jesus was a lamb. They will tell you that he is a lamb. Oh, they they would tell you, they would say that, you know, Jesus was an excellent dude. Jesus was a righteous dude. 
I mean, Jesus lived a good life. Jesus lived a moral life. Jesus was a good example. And they'll tell you that he was one one of the good men in history. He was a lamb. And then some people will even see Jesus as the lamb. And they would say he was more than just excellent. He was the embodiment of truth. He was the you know embodiment of divine power. He was the lamb. Listen, we've talked about this here before, Calvary. God, Jesus, does not want priority in your life. Did you know that? He does not want priority in your life. He wants preeminence. A lot of folks give him priority. Oh, he was a righteous dude. He was a good guy. He was a good example. We should all follow him. That's giving him priority. Or even he was the embodiment of divine power. Or he was the embodiment of truth. That's giving him priority. He does not want priority. You can't put Jesus in the same category as any other man. He doesn't want priority. He wants preeminence. There's a difference there. Somebody say amen. Amen. There's a difference. Priority just gives him place. He wants a place separate from any other place. That's preeminence. So then the question would be, who is Jesus to you? Is he a lamb, the lamb, or your lamb? Notice verse 5 says what? It says, your lamb shall be without blemish. You see that? Look at verse 6. Y'all still with me? Say amen. Now you shall keep it, notice the lamb, until the 14th day of the same month. Then the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill it, the lamb, at twilight. And they shall take some of the blood and put it on two doorposts and on the lintel of the house where they eat. And then they shall, now you want to take your pen, you want to take your highlighter and underline some of these that we're going to point out here. Then they shall eat the flesh, note that, on that night. And they shall do what with it? Roast it in fire with unleavened bread and with bitter herbs they shall eat. Do not eat it raw nor boiled at all with water, but roasted in fire, its head with its legs and its entrails. And you shall let none of it remain until morning. What remains of it until morning you shall burn with fire. And thus you shall eat it in verse 11 with notice this here, a belt on your waist, your sandals on your feet, your staff in your hands. So you shall eat in haste. It is the Lord's Passover. For I will pass through the land of Egypt on that night and will strike all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both men and beast. And against all the gods of Egypt, I will execute judgment. Why, saints, read it with me. I am the Lord. That's why. Now the Lord shall be now the blood shall be a sign for you on the houses where you are. And when note this, guys, when I see the blood, I will pass over you. 
and the plague shall not be on you to destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. Stop right there. Give me your attention. God tells them to take the lamb and to kill it at the door. If you fast forward to verse 22, you'll see it tells them that they were to take a bunch of hyssop and to dip it in blood. And then they were to take the blood. Remember, I told you hyssop is like a little bush. So they take this bush and use it as a paintbrush, if you will. And they take the bush and they were to dip it in the blood of the lamb. And they were to put it on the doorpost and on the lintel. And you can see that gives you a beautiful form of the what? The cross on both sides. So what you would see from an aerial view would be two crosses on each doorpost and lintel. Take the hyssop and and do that with it. And when the angel of death came through and saw the blood, it would protect that home from the 10th plague of death to the firstborn. This hyssop is a very, very interesting study. I'll give it to you very quickly. Hyssop is very interesting. In the Bible, hyssop is often used to apply blood for cleansing of sin. Leviticus chapter 14, if you're taking notes, you can read some of these in your own time. But Leviticus chapter 14, hyssop was used to cleanse a leper. In Numbers chapter 19, verse 6, it was used to make the ashes of a red heifer. Numbers 19, verse 18, hyssop was used to apply purification water. Jesus, don't you remember the story? Jesus was offered sour wine on, you know, on a, on a hyssop bush. Actually, it was on like a, a little stick and they, they put a bush on it and they offered Jesus sour wine on that. Remember David. David prayed in Psalm 51, verse 7. David said, purge me with hyssop. Don't you remember that? Hyssop has its connection with purification and sacrifice. And so God tells them, take hyssop and put the blood on the doorpost and the lintel. Now, listen. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 28 tells us by faith, they celebrated the Passover by faith. They celebrated the Passover. So we learn that they applied the blood by faith. Saints, listen close. It had nothing to do with those who were living inside. It had nothing to do with whether or not they understood the importance of it. It had nothing to do with whether they understood the theological ramifications of the blood of the lamb. They did it by faith. Listen, when I became a Christian, when I first became a Christian, I remember just coming by faith. I knew I was a sinner. I knew I had to come to Christ. I knew that I needed salvation. I knew that I needed to be cleansed. I did not understand many, many, many things about Christianity, about faith, about this walk with God. I didn't understand any of these things. I didn't understand mercy. I didn't understand grace. I didn't understand atonement. I didn't understand propitiation. I couldn't even pronounce it. Let's understand it. Expiation. I didn't understand any of these things. Redemption, eschatology, the five points of Calvin, eternal security, the sovereignty of God, the responsibility of man. I didn't understand any of these things when I became a Christian. I just knew that by faith I needed to become a Christian. 
Amen? Amen. Did you say no? No, of course you didn't. None of us did. But we did it by faith. The same thing with the people of Israel. When they put the blood on the doorposts and the lentils, they didn't really understand the importance of the blood. They didn't understand the the fact that the blood, this whole theology and this whole uh, Christology of of the blood of Jesus Christ and how throughout the ages the blood is going to be used as a symbol of forgiveness and protection and covering They didn't understand all of that, and they didn't need to. And Hebrews tells us that they didn't understand it, but they did it by faith. And the same is true for us today. Saints, you can't come to God if you don't come by what? Faith. Same is true. You don't have to understand it. There's a lot of people, well, you know, I got a lot of questions for God. I don't understand this, and I don't understand that, and I got a lot of questions for God. And when I get all my questions answered, then I'm going to become a Christian. I've had people tell me that. And I honestly tell them, then you will never become a Christian because you're not going to understand everything. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.